Welcome to the Dreadcast. I'm Donovan Dread. In this episode, we're going to hear stories from six different people describing their very odd and strange encounters with the supernatural. But before we get into the stories, check out dreadsarmy.com for daily news of the strange and weird. Now here's the stories. I don't trust people that don't believe in the paranormal. How can you say spirits don't exist? It makes no sense to me. How can you be sure something you can't see isn't there? People will just say aliens don't exist. The Earth is one tiny speck in an infinitely expanding universe. What kind of person is 100% sure that there isn't life anywhere else but on Earth? That blows my mind. Anyways, I know you read paranormal experiences on your channel, so I'll tell you about something that had happened to me back when I was a park ranger. We had gotten all kinds of reports from campers and hikers of screams in this one section of the forest. People hear crazy things in the forest all the time. But we received over 40 accounts of hearing screams near this campsite. My partner and I grabbed our gear and got in the truck and headed down the road. We decided to camp out there for the night so we wouldn't miss anything. We started a fire and set up a couple of tents and brought some food. We were in pretty good shape. Even if we didn't get to the source of the notorious screaming, we were prepared to have a good night out camping. We grilled some steaks and sat around for a while enjoying the peace. Then we hear this terrible scream coming from deep in the forest. We radioed in that we heard a scream and we were going in the woods to investigate. We grabbed our flashlights and started making our way towards the scream. There wasn't much noise after that. We just took our time and slowly made our way deeper into the woods. The forest was weirdly quiet, and it felt like something was wrong. We both stopped walking and just stood in the middle of the forest to see if we could hear anything. Suddenly, we heard a scream so loud that it hurt both of our ears. It wasn't like anything that we've heard before. It was human-like, but much more bellowing and with more of a growl to it. I looked to my left, and I saw the most terrifying creature I've ever seen in my life. It was freakishly tall, standing on its hind legs about seven feet tall. It had these glowing yellow eyes and it looked like a wolf, but much larger and much more muscular. Its face was menacing, like a cross between a wolf and an ape and a demon. It charged right at me. I dove out of the way to avoid being trampled to death. I heard gunshots and when I looked, I saw my partner fire several rounds into the creature. It swung at my partner and he jumped out of the way, inches from being butchered. I shot it in the back of the shoulder and it whipped around and looked at me right in the eyes and howled at me. I ran away as fast as I could towards the campsite and heard my partner screaming behind me. I couldn't just leave him back there to get mauled, so I went back towards him. When I met back up with him, he was halfway up a tree and pointed in the direction the creature ran off. We both started running out of the forest when we heard it scream again. It was very much still alive. We gathered up everything from the campsite, shoved it in the van, and got the hell out of there. When we were filing the report, we got a visit from a man in a suit from the U.S. Department of the Interior. When we told him what had happened, he repeated the story back to us, but insisted we report it as a rabid bear. We explained to him that it wasn't a bear. Its eyes glowed yellow and it looked like a wolf-ape mix. We told him it was over seven feet tall and it screamed like a human. He simply nodded and then after a pause, 
he insisted again that the encounter we had was a rabid bear. He also congratulated us on successfully killing the creature. I explained to him that we didn't kill it, and it was still running wild in the forest. Then he got very stern with me and said, If I valued my job, my freedom, and my life, I will put that we killed a rabid bear, causing all the issues. It was a disturbing moment. He ripped up the initial report and said that he looked forward to reading about what had happened to us in the forest. Then he left. I was terrified and pissed off. There was something seriously dangerous in our backyard, and the government wouldn't let us get the help that we need to get rid of it. It made me question all the information I've ever received in my entire life. I lied on the report, and so did my partner. Under the threat of losing my job, being thrown in jail, or even killed. We were forced to lie about the most traumatic moment of our lives. I quit shortly afterwards. I won't go near a government job again. If that happened to me, how many other people was this happening to? Hey Donovan, love your channel man. Some of the things people experience blow my mind. I'm grateful for you providing a place where people can share their stories without fear of ridicule and with a sense of camaraderie. I've been a police officer for about three years, and already I could write a book on some of the experiences I've had. I have to tell you about this crazy call I responded to that I could only describe as paranormal. I got a call about a man who claimed that someone was breaking into his house, so I turned around and headed to his address. He lived in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by woods for miles. If someone was breaking into this guy's house, it was someone who knew him well. I got out of the car and I started looking around. The windows of the house were broken and the door was busted in. I pulled out my gun and I yelled, Police, come out with your hands up. Thank God, thank God, a man screamed. It almost got me. This was clearly the owner of the house an elderly gentleman who was shaking in fear. I asked him if there was anyone else in the house and he told me that he was alone. I asked if the burglars were still around and he said, it was no burglar. The demon, it almost got me. I told him to wait in a patrol car where it was safe. I started looking around the house. I checked every room in the house and didn't see any signs of anyone still there. I circled outside the house and looked all around. All of the doors and windows were bashed in, but I didn't see any evidence of a criminal still being around. I asked the old man to get out of the patrol car and we sat down outside. I told him to take deep breaths and calm himself down. I told him the calmer and clearer he was, the better I could help him find whatever is responsible. The man laughed at me and said, it was no criminal. The demon will keep trying, but he will never take me alive. I asked him what he meant and he said that a demon lived in the woods behind his house. He would see him poke out his head from the trees from time to time and disappear back into the woods. Then the demon got braver and would look through the windows until the old man saw him, and he'd run back off into the woods. He only recently started trying to attack the old man, and this time was the closest that he got. The old man described the demon as having pale white skin with large black eyes and a very large mouth. He said it was skinny and tall, and it ran on all four legs like a dog. I didn't know how to take this. The man was pretty old, and I doubted he had the capability to bash in the windows and the doors himself. 
He didn't seem crazy, but the demon he was describing couldn't possibly be true, could it? The way I saw it, someone tried to hurt the old man, and maybe it was dark, so he thought he saw a demon. When someone is under that kind of stress, they often recall details inaccurately, and that could be the case here. It could also be somebody wearing some sort of mask to disguise their identity. Either way, I didn't feel good about leaving that elderly man alone to be attacked again. I asked him if there was some place else that he could stay, and he refused to leave. I'm going to be the one that shoots this demon, the man said. I want to be there when the life leaves his eyes. My face will be the last thing he'll ever see. I didn't want to leave the man, but I got another call that I had to respond to. I checked up on that man about a week later, and he had his windows and doors replaced, and seemed to be in a pretty good headspace. One night, I responded to a call about someone trying to break into a house. When I looked at the address, it was the same as the old man's. I turned on my lights and sirens and sped there as quickly as I could. I arrived on the scene and the windows were bashed in again, and the door was kicked in. I pulled out my gun and shouted, please come out with your hands up. There was no response. I called for the old man several times and got no response. I walked into the house and started looking around. The door to the bedroom was kicked in, and a trail of blood went from the bedroom out to the back door. I followed the trail and it was clear that a body was dragged out into the woods. I called for backup right away. I was not about to head into the woods with a murderer by myself. The backup arrived and we searched all night but couldn't find the old man anywhere. The next morning, we found him several miles into the woods, with huge bite marks all over his body. Someone or something feasted on that old man. The officers talk about the cannibal in the woods, but I was starting to believe this old man's story. This thing attacked this poor man several times and ate him. I'm not saying that humans aren't capable of cannibalism. After everything I've seen, I can tell you that humans are capable of unspeakable things. But the old man described this creature vividly and saw him on multiple occasions. I feel responsible for his death, and I can't let it go. I can't imagine him going out that way, being eaten to death. Nobody deserves that, especially not that old man. Thanks for letting me get this story out there. I was working in an animal testing laboratory. I'm not proud of this, but I was young and I needed the money. It paid well and offered me an opportunity to get experience in the scientific field, which proved to be very valuable. Large corporations, all of which the average person would recognize, paid an unbelievable amount of money to have their products tested on different animals. A lot of them would openly request human testing, but we didn't do any human trials at least none that I was directly involved with. One day, my team was put in charge of this fast-healing antibiotic ointment. Our job was to test it on a variety of animals and to see how they healed. We started trials with mice. We made very small puncture wounds on 5,000 lab mice that were split into two groups. We would monitor how the mice would heal naturally, and then we would treat the other mice with the antibiotic ointment. The mice who received no treatment healed almost completely after seven days. The mice who received the ointment had no evidence of any wounds after two days. To put this into perspective, the ointment that the average person has in their medicine cabinet has almost no data backing up claims that it heals wounds faster. 
This ointment defied what we thought was possible. We continued the trials on several different animals, and they all experienced the same thing. Every creature reacted positively to the ointment that it was unbelievable. There wasn't a single case of side effects from the ointment, and every animal completely recovered and didn't leave a trace of ever being wounded. I was incredibly excited, as this was by far the most positive trial I've ever been a part of. I saw some horrific things in the lab, and as an animal lover, it weighed heavy on my heart to see animals react negatively and even die during trials. But for a moment, testing out this ointment made me feel like I was truly making the world a better place. Then something strange happened. Orders were flying around the laboratory about performing immediate orders were flying around the laboratory about performing immediate human trials. It was suggested to pay willing volunteers to test out the ointment, but it was met with resistance. And I was told to just keep testing on animals until they came up with a solution. Shortly after that, we started receiving these giant metal crates that were completely enclosed with electrical generators on the outside of them. It was bad enough to voluntarily be involved with animal testing, but I couldn't be a part of any involuntary secret human testing. I watched as those crates were unloaded. Were there really humans in there? I racked my brain trying to figure out where they're getting these living human beings from. It was too much. I started losing sleep. I had to figure out what was in those crates. On my day off, I came in pretending to have forgotten something in the lab. I snuck off towards the new section of the facility where they were keeping these crates. I slowly made my way over and heard some guys talking inside. I looked inside and saw two men sitting at the bottom of a hospital bed and in the bed looked like this demonic humanoid lizard creature. It had scales for skin, these big yellow lizard eyes, and huge ears. It was just lying there with its hands crossed on its chest. One worker was talking about his stable condition and lack of side effects, while the other was writing notes on a clipboard. I was seriously freaked out and got the hell out of there. The next day, I quit, and when my boss asked why, I said that I needed to take care of my parents. He stared me down and I couldn't tell if he believed me or not. Okay, he said, and I got the hell out of there. I can only imagine what the job would entail now had I stayed. One thing is for sure, I never want to see a creature like that again. I wish I never saw it, honestly. Hi, Donovan. Love your show and what you're doing with getting the word out there. I know there are a lot of naysayers out there who don't believe in the paranormal or who think these creatures don't exist or events don't take place, but I'm here to tell you they absolutely do without a doubt. Listening to all the stories that are sent in makes me feel better about what I experienced. I can't go into great details on where I worked or who I work for, but this happened in the late 90s. I held an office job for a scientific company. There were six of us who worked in the safety processing department. We would process paperwork and approvals for chemicals and materials that were involved in various experiments. The company had several large government contracts, which was a major part of the business. It was in a very secure location. We all had badges and the entire facility had tall barbed wire fencing with gates manned by security guards that you had to pass through upon entering. It was a hassle to go out for lunch, so most of us would just eat in our little lunchroom. I work with five other people, 
three women and two men. We all had similar responsibilities, but I was the manager of that department. Even as the manager, they never gave too much information away on what was going on there. We were fairly close to the testing facility. Outside of our office was this long corridor, and at the end was the entrance to the testing facility. None of us were ever authorized to go in there. It's manned by guards 24-7, even if there's no testing going on. Now, some of us would go out to happy hour after work, but the guards never came, even after multiple invites. They never associated with us at all. Looking back, they were most likely instructed not to interact with any of the regular employees. The only people who had access to that area were high-level executives, scientists, and the like. So one day while we're working, I hear the breach siren go off. This was the first time that I heard this other than a precautionary drill. Now we ran these drills every six months. They were always scheduled and people knew about them weeks in advance. We had to make sure we were complying with safety regulations. And as a department manager, I would have known because I have to keep a head count of everybody in my department. This one was the real thing. If something happens in that testing facility and a chemical or a gas is leaked, the siren goes off. Really, any breach of the testing facility that is not planned, the breach sirens go off. As soon as we hear the sirens, a coworker of mine, I'll call her Jenny, comes running into the door from the corridor side of the office, screaming and completely out of breath. We all huddled around her and asked her what is going on. Now keep in mind the siren is still blaring at this point, so we need to evacuate immediately, but we pause for a second to see what Jenny is so frightened about. She's talking gibberish and is pointing to the corridor. So I look at the security monitor in the corner of our office, which is a live view right outside of our door into the corridor. I see this creature walking down the hallway, and I see both guards lying on the ground. At the time, it was too hard to make out if the guards were dead or not, but I assumed they were. This humanoid creature is walking very oddly coming down the corridor right towards us. The thing looked demonic, like something straight out of hell. I can't even describe what animal it resembled because this thing didn't have a face. It looked like it just had this huge mouth and that was it. Had these really long fingers and toes. They looked very odd. From the look I got of this thing, it looked like more than five fingers. It stood probably seven feet tall and had these bony legs but broad shoulders, and its arms were abnormally long. I immediately locked the door and told everyone to evacuate right now. I counted six of us, including me at the time, and we went to the opposite side from the corridor to our exit point as fast as we could. There were a bunch of employees outside at that moment because the siren went off for the entire building. Everyone was asking what had happened, but my office area was the only one close to the corridor. My boss immediately came over to me and my group and pulled us aside. We met with him and his boss, the director of testing, and they instructed us not to say anything to the other employees. And if we said something, we could be terminated or held liable for leaking company information. That day, we were all told to go home, and the facility was shut down for three days. They blamed it on a gas leak out of the testing facility, but I know what really happened. They created something, or were doing tests on something that already existed. I quit a few months after the incident, 
and a lot of my team eventually quit too. That place was eventually shut down in 2010. Like I said, I can't give all the details, but thanks for reading my story. Hey Donovan, I can't say I'm happy to be writing to you, but I sure do have a story to tell. I want to be clear and let you know that this sounds wild, but it's the truth and if you don't want to believe me that's fine, but I've got the scars to prove it. I'm a lobster man by trade. I work in Cape Cod, Massachusetts and earn a pretty decent wage. If you don't mind smelling like the sea, it's not so bad. Last year my friend and I went in on a new boat together. We were running along as freelancers for a while, but we decided it's about time we become our own bosses and set sail under our own conditions. The first issue with being the captain is finding a crew. Although we have tons of friends in the industry, it's risky to join with the new captain, and there are union benefits in place to prevent movement to a new boat. A few decided to jump ship and come with me, but not enough to run smoothly. So I was the captain without a full crew. For the most part, boats these days can steer themselves, but the boys are needed for maintenance and upkeep on board, and for safety. I don't know what compelled me that day to do it, but I went out alone. It was clear skies and smooth sails, so I never thought I'd have a problem. I was about a mile out to sea when I saw the first clouds roll in. They were thick and heavy, and right away I knew I was done for. The rain and wind came on fast, and before I knew it, I was fighting against the elements. It was rough and I was scared half to death. Little did I know this would be the worst thing to happen to me that day. I was pushed to an inlet. The waves were huge and spilling up onto my deck. I spotted an old harbor, one that had been abandoned some time ago for a newer set of docks, about a half mile northward. In my mind, an abandoned harbor means empty docks and a clear spot for landing to sit out the storm. I fought against the waves and the wind and steered over and did my best to drop anchor. I figured if I could just wait out the storm, I'd be okay. Through the rain and the fog, though, I saw something approaching. It was walking up on the dock on all fours. At first, I thought it was a wolf or a coyote or something, but those things really aren't spotted out here on the Cape. Then I think to myself, maybe it's a big dog, like a pit bull or something. And man, those guys can be mean, but at least you know what you're dealing with. But then it stood up, like on its two feet, up in the air. And it was tall, and I mean really tall. Its face looked like a German shepherd or something, with these gobs of drool coming down its chin. It was staring right at me. Well, all this time that it's just walking up the dock, I'm just staring over at it and can't move. It's like I'm paralyzed or something. And it's only when it's like 10 feet away do I realize it's coming right for me now. It was still pouring and foggy and the waves were huge. But I decided I'd rather face the elements than face this creature. So I started to untie the knots and roll up the anchor. The waves had been pushing me so close to the dock that I actually had to fasten myself right on to keep from hitting it. I needed to lean over the edge to get the boat untied. I tried to do it as quickly as possible but the rain made the knot slip and tighten, and being near to that thing was making my hand shaky. I just about had the knot loose when I felt this sharp pain in my arm. That dog thing had scratched my arm. I screamed out in pain, but I knew no one would hear me. I pulled my arm away and jumped back. I fell onto the boat, but I had the rope in my hand. 
The knot had come undone. This thing was perched on the edge of the boat as it started to be set free from the dock. A huge wave splashed over the deck, and the entire boat rocked back and forth. This thing looked around at the waves and then back at me, and then jumped off the boat back onto the dock. I don't want to say I'm lucky because I sailed back to shore to the emergency room and had to get nine staples in my arm. But I'm lucky that I'm alive. The scar at left takes up half of my forearm. Now, I've never seen this creature again, but I can tell you every time I dock, I'm always paranoid and looking around. I live in Prescott Valley, Arizona. It's a pretty decent part of the country, without all that glitter and splash you see in the city. This was a Sunday afternoon and I was driving along Iron Springs Road, a section out by Granite Mountain Wilderness Area. It's a good drive to clear your head. You can see for miles, and sometimes you can spot pronghorn herds in the distance. I was heading back home, so it was late in the afternoon, probably around 5.30 when I saw it. There was this flash in the sky ahead like an explosion, and I could see something falling down fast. My first thought was it was a small plane that had run into trouble. I checked my phone first to call 911, but no signal. I drive a Nissan Pathfinder, so no worries going off-road, and I figured somebody might need help fast. I tried to pinpoint the place where I'd seen it go down, and got ready for a bumpy ride. In about five minutes, I came upon the scene of the accident. I couldn't drive all the way up, since the wreckage was up on top of a rocky knoll, but I hopped out of my truck and jogged up there. I couldn't believe my eyes when I cleared the last boulder. There was some kind of weird small craft, unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was angular and pointy, and made of some sort of shimmery silver-green material. I can't tell you what shape it originally had, because the thing was broken in half, all twisted up and smoking. I was just fixated on the weird metal, or whatever it was, trying to figure out what the heck I was seeing. So I'm standing there about 15 feet away from the thing, when something moves. A creature, notice I don't say person, came out from where it must have been standing behind the wreckage. It was small, probably no bigger than five feet tall, but it still scared me speechless. It wasn't human. It looked like the iconic alien pictures you see. Thin body, skinny arms, legs, big oval-shaped head, big black bug eyes. It focused on me and I was terrified. Even though I got the feeling it was injured, there were no cuts or anything that I could see. No green blood oozing or anything like that. It was just a feeling I had, I can't explain it. Like I knew it was hurt, and I knew it was sad. I think another one of its kind didn't survive the crash. All at once I kind of knew these things, no explanation. I was too freaked out to even care if it needed help. I just wanted to be away from there as fast as I could. But then something strange happened. It was just fixing me with this look. And suddenly I was stepping towards it, not away. It was like my feet had a mind of their own. I'm ashamed to say, but I remember hearing myself whimpering like a dog. I was so scared and so powerless. It was the most frightening thing that I'd ever experienced. I felt like it was somehow dragging me forward, but then all of a sudden I heard this noise. And the dragging forward feeling stopped all at once. I still couldn't move, but at least I wasn't being forced to come closer. It was a loud ringing sound, 
like the sound waves after you hit a thin piece of metal, but way louder. And the air seemed to be pressing in on my head. It seriously felt like that, like I was getting squished on all sides by the air itself. A bright light came shooting in from the east. I know that because the sun was setting behind me in the west. The light was a bluish color and really bright, and suddenly this thing appeared overhead. A ship, I guess. I mean, it was bigger than a house and I couldn't see the whole thing. It appeared all at once, suddenly just there looming over us. I hunched down, covering my head when a beam shot out of the bottom, shining on the wreckage. I heard this terrible, loud, screeching noise. All at once, I realized I could move, and I ran like hell, feeling like something terrible was coming. I booked it, stumbling over rocks and praying I didn't fall. I just had this awful feeling of foreboding. I knew I had to get away. I got to my pathfinder and hopped in and took off. I was too scared to do anything but just drive for a minute or two. When I finally looked in the rearview mirror, I could still see that beam of light, as bright as a lightning bolt. I drove straight to the Prescott Police Department, which was about 25 minutes away. Within five minutes, I was regretting my decision. They didn't take me seriously, asked if I had been drinking, acting like the whole thing was some joke. After a few minutes of feeling foolish, I went home. I don't know what happened to that crash site. I monitored the news for the next few days, and there was nothing. Honestly, I wouldn't even believe this if a friend told it to me, but it actually happened to me.